This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 227, Beyond Ciphers, Cross One's Dance Legacy and Business Brilliance. Hello there, and welcome to session number 227 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. My name is Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20-plus year hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. Freestyle Session is coming back to Los Angeles the weekend of November 11th and 12th, 2023, and I have the honor of having its founder, Cross One, on this episode. I was inspired to hear more about how he's built his various businesses, and he was so transparent about the work and the struggles that he's experienced throughout his long entrepreneurial career. If you are in the greater Los Angeles area, I highly recommend attending. This event has some of the most amazing movers, feel-good music, unique vendors, and it's an experience with lots of great energy and community. Check out freestylesession.com for more information to get your tickets. I'm so excited to share this conversation filled with remarkable insights on dance, life, and business from an incredible individual who continues bridging art and enterprise, the exceptional Cross One. Thank you so much for joining me. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. Today, we have an absolute legend in the house, the visionary founder of Freestyle Session Worldwide, the longest running break-in and hip-hop event, a true pioneer who has dedicated his life to preserving advance and advancing the art of break-in and hip-hop culture. But that's not all. Cross One is a multifaceted entrepreneur with a portfolio of business ventures that span across the realms of music, entertainment, and beyond. From event production to clothing lines, Cross One's influence can be felt far and wide. Get ready to be inspired <laughs> and amazed as we sit down with none other than Cross One, a man who's not only shaped the dance community, but continues to push its boundaries while making his mark on various industries. Welcome to the podcast, Cross. How are you? Hello. Thank you for the uh, intro. Didn't even know some of that about, about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're a busy entrepreneur, you know, you're not reading your own press. You're just doing the uh, thing, right? Yeah, that's my, been my mantra is just keep it moving, just keep doing and, you know, try not to talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking throughout, you know, all the collaborations that you do, you know, your business partners, the different organizations yeah. you're involved with, like you're in constant conversation anyway. So it's like... Yeah. You know, you're in it, right? And um <laughs> I do have one question to start. Mm. Do you still have the Houdini and Real Roxanne records? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. I mean, th- those are those are fairly I mean, I wouldn't say they're common, but they're not too hard to attain. So if I really needed to do those, I could probably if I come across them, I'd probably buy them. <laughs> I was watching an interview and set, and uh, the host had asked you about like, do you still have your first records from when mm-hmm. you know when you started getting into the culture and stuff like that? So, you know, looking back, you know, you have this event that has had such an impact on hip hop and breaking, and then now these other dance styles that you've brought in mm-hmm. through uh, the the event. Um, do you do, is how does how do you feel seeing like the longevity and the legacy? go on like how you know what 
What is I mean, it like? I'm I, I'm a, I'm pretty amazed at how far it's gotten and how far how big it's gotten. Um, you know, but it, for me, it's like I'm I'm here now. We've done events. We have this history, and it's a. It, I feel like it's a lot more easier to maintain now than it would be to like try to start this all over again. So, um, luckily, I'm in the position where I've been doing this for so long, and I know so many people, and my network is is deep. So, um, it just gets a little bit easier when you have such good teams around you to to take care of certain aspects of things. You know. Well, speaking of teams and just you as an entrepreneur, you caught the entrepreneurial bug when you were in Japan, right? When you were living in Japan from a friend. Uh, I actually got my entrepreneurial bug uh, collecting baseball cards when I was a little kid. Oh, so it was even before the Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, with Japan, it just kind of accentuated it because I, I, I caught like, you know, I was being in cards like you, you, you kind of see these opportunities to buy something real low and sell it higher or trade it higher. So like knowing that when I started traveling and I go to Japan back and forth, I would see like the disparities in the price of things, you know? So um, knowing that in Japan, like a pair of Jordans was going for like triple, <laughs> I knew that I could go buy some and just go take it down there and, and sell it for triple, you know? I mean, it's, it's uh, things are a little bit more worldly now and, and like things have, you know, business, I would figure all this stuff out. <laughs> but like, luckily, I was from the era where it was all brand new, you know. And now with, um, you said you have teams in place, and you have a lot of um, connections, and you've built your network, which has been, mm -hmm. I'm sure, very invaluable in doing all the business ventures that you do. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that with uh, now having a new member of your family, your daughter? And <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, like, uh, yeah, I just had my daughter. She was born in September. Um, um, so yeah, like I'm actually going back to Thailand in, uh, in December after all the, all the dust settles, the freestyle session and, and probably just planting over there for a couple months until I get her passport and my, and my fiance's, uh, fiance visa, all situated and then be able to come back and hopefully a couple months later they'll be able to come back too yeah with the um breaking scene first starting out being very male dominated has that having a daughter now and i know it's recent has that changed your view on being involved and being such a proponent of a space that's very male dominated i mean uh, uh it's a male dominated everything like even for hip-hop you know so like I've always rolled with some strong women in the scene. So I, my, my view hasn't really changed, but I'm sure it will a little more as my, as my daughter grows up. Um, but yeah, I've just been around some very strong-willed uh, women in the scene, and they're very vocal, and, and, and they're quick to check you real fast, you know? So, so I've been around the right people, so everything's been cool. With being what you're saying about being around the right people, do you feel like that's always been in, been the case from the very beginning? Because um, Freestyle Session has been around since like November 1997, right? If I got that correct. Yep, yep. And so, like, it's it's got to be so interesting to like look back and see different pivotal points of this was really difficult and this was easy because I had you know these people helping me. Like, what has that been like? Like, do you? Uh, 
not to cut you short. I, I, uh, I've, I'm pretty good at like assessing situations. So if they don't work, I mean, you can kind of nip them in the bud or just shy away from it or just, or try to figure out solutions around it, you know? So like, um, yeah, I've, I, I try to, I try to keep, I try to keep, I try to cut the slack and keep everything moving in a positive direction, you know, but in a respectful manner. Cause sometimes, you know, if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. And it's just business, you know? And in all your businesses, in terms of the strategies that you've employed within growing freestyle session, mm-hmm. do you find the commonalities for like your Turo business and your um, other clothing business and your foundation, you know, UDEF and like, how is that all? What are the common threads in that? Um, yeah, <laughs> they're, there's, they're, they're very different, I would say, but some of them are very common, like, you know, running a running the non-profit and the port for profit side with with pro pro breaking tour and udef um they're very similar in ways um for udef it's it, we we started to kind of separate the brands a little bit more because they were running in in parallel for so long and everybody just kind of like they couldn't mention one without the other <laughs> so like now we're kind of steering udef into a direction where it's more um educational and and what what is what it set out to do you know um so we're doing more education more youth oriented stuff with udef and then pro breaking towards more geared towards the competitions mainly and and the tours so um as far as my tour business uh yeah i mean that's that's like throwing an event every day so like <laughs> <laughs> like like this morning like things happen like tomorrow things are going to happen like yeah it's just a non-stop you know thing and i have to be on top of it but you know like i have one guy on my team who actually you know used to manage my store uh doing all that now so you know i'm able to go to like say thailand for a couple months and he's able to run the business and i'm I'm able to like just check in every now and then and make sure everything's good you know so so yeah like um but just yeah just being on top of things you know like you got to pay attention at all times and and just be a hundred percent aware of what's going on, and that's just that's just kind of like the key to life, really. Because I, I see a lot of people, they're just kind of like, uh, like you know, they don't, they have a care in the world, and something's popping up, and they don't really they don't really take care of it. And by the time you know they do go around to take care of it, there's another problem popping up. So like for me, I like to try to get things finished like right away, you know. So yeah. I think that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yes, I appreciate that. I I was but, also curious about your um about your life coaching business. Can you tell me more about uh, that? Yeah, I I kind of just threw that out there because I was like, oh man, I'm probably going to be somewhere far soon, like in Thailand, and I'll probably have a lot of time to just be able to, you know, share my knowledge and stuff. Um, so I I, I had a couple people that hit me up. I haven't really turned it into a business. It's been more just helping my friends, but you know. Maybe one day it will become something. I mean, I, I feel like I have so much knowledge, like, um, and literally, like, when I talk to kids and 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 youth and and just younger generation, like, I'm just talking just to talk, but then they're just like, man, like, I didn't I didn't really realize any of that, you know. So like, you know, I I, I just I just did a lot of trial and error, and I just like I said, I pay attention to everything going on and like things that I've done and. I mean, a lot of things that I did for for my business were just things that I did uh, as an instinct, 
you know, like being a graffiti writer, getting up all around the city and like literally promoting my name since I was a kid uh, and then promoting a business. It's all like almost the same exact thing, you know, to get up everywhere and get 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 your name out everywhere. And, and that's just what I've always done. And then, you know, and then luckily, like, you know, I got linked to like a, a good tax, uh, a tax company that was doing my taxes and they had me set up to do like, um, you know, my IRA for, for just for future, for future growth and being able to re ultimately retire one day. And, you know, I don't say I'm the best at that, but like, I know that having that in your business is, is a definite, you know, cause I, I feel like in, in the dance community, um, a lot of people, you know, they could say that they're a business, you know, you could get by for so long, um, uh, just dancing and stuff, but, um, ultimately you have to have, you know, your health insurance, you have to have a game plan to retire or else you're just kind of just doing a, a glorified hobby, you know? And, and that's what I try to tell people to, to stay away from. Like, it's cool. Like it's cool to have a glorified hobby, but once you get to your like fifties and sixties, like, I mean, you're going to have to do that glorified hobby just into the future too, you know? So I, I have, I feel like I have like a roadmap to like actually being able to stop one day, you know? I mean, not that I would want to, but like, I don't, I don't want to have to do what I'm, I, I'm doing and I have to keep doing it, you know? Like, cause you just never know. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that cross because yeah. um, I was uh, listening to some um, snippets of this, Actually, this interview was way, gosh, I don't know how, it was you and Crumbs, which uh -huh. who I actually had on the podcast after his yeah. win two years yeah. ago. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. Actually. Right. I was watching all the stuff and I'm like, oh, that's him. Like, I didn't know he was in that movie <laughs> yeah. and all the stuff that I Music did. Music you know, videos. All this, and yeah, yeah I was like, and it was the same with Wicked too. I just recently mm. re, uh, interviewed Wicked and I found out that he's judging over 40 um, yep. this upcoming uh, event. And I'm like, how do I, like, you see these people and you're like, oh, okay, I, I connected the dots. Okay, now I know who these people are. Right. It, took, it took the dance podcast and going to an event and, and finding these common threads with people that I know that, oh, okay, I, I kind of know this person now. Yeah. So um, this this um, conversation you had with Crumbs at a, a previous freestyle session, you were both talking about the importance of diversifying as an artist, like him mm -hmm. him and his, um, it, what he's doing and what he's he has been doing with his education and besides just the performance and competing. And, and um, so you are already, you know, way back when you were at, with the entrepreneurial bent that you have, you were already mm -hmm. thinking of how you're diversifying your interests, right? Yeah. So um, do you feel that that played into like bringing on these different categories as freestyle session has developed of like you have whacking, you have over 40, mm -hmm. you have, um, house and like it, it's not just like the cruise. Um, how did how were what was your thought process process in incorporating that as well? It's well we we up? incorporated a lot of it very early on. Like um, I would say, like popping started coming around two thousand two two thousand. I think maybe even as early as two thousand. So we we had a funk room at the freestyle session. Like I think freestyle session six. So that was like two thousand two thousand one. So we had already a, a funk room. So it was a, a whole nother room. And it was most at that time, it was that, that it was a big room. And then it, we also had our vendors in there. So the vendoring area was also the funk room. So like all the lockers and the poppers, because back then it was more lockers and poppers that were coming 
uh, along with the breakers and we just kind of mm -hmm. catered to them and they just had a blast like just and then even breakers were breaking in there because the music was so dope you know so that ultimately grew to having a popping competition um and then i think even a couple years later we did a locking competition and then um you know and then and then over the years you know of course like the open style stuff started popping up and i was like oh that'd be kind of cool to have an open styles you know battle i mean for me it's like i don't really i mean i i'm sure a lot of people are like oh he does does it because he need, he makes more money but like really ultimately a lot of these things just barely break even but for me the more the merrier like if you get more more dancers more artists more you know potential collaborators in a building it just makes the the vibe that much more better you know and um in japan whacking was really big so my my uh partners in japan actually added whacking there and I'm like it was so dope it was so different and i was like man it's a very like feminine dance and i was like man like you know, breaking and battling in general is a very masculine thing. So, like, I was like, it would be cool to bring that in there because it like shakes things up and like, and it and it also brings something that attracts that the the female vibe. You know, whether it be like gay men and or or you know women or whatever. You know, like that that dance kind of encompasses a lot of people. So, um, it was cool to bring that in and and shake things up because you know, the bre breakers were like. I, I I remember the first time we did whacking at freestyle session and it was like, you know, very like hardcore b-boys in a circle and then you have this whacker just come out like in a glittery dress and just look, look at looking super cool and then and the b-boys just kind of like backs up like oh my god like yeah go ahead <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I like those kind of balances you know so i was like oh it'd be cool to add it in so like yeah we we I, you know, a lot of things I just add in because I like it. You know, I was always a mm. I was always a fan of popping. So like, the first time we ever did a popping, like a, I think we were one of the first people to do an international popping battle. So we in Japan, freestyle session two thousand two or three, um, we flew a bunch of people from the U.S. over to Japan to do a big um, exhibition. So it was Japan versus USA. It was like some of the best around that time in that era, and. uh I mean, if you look on YouTube, it was like it's in the millions of views, you know, and I think that sparked off an era of, of having popping alongside, you know, breaking competition. So now popping just kind of like went off on their own. They, they have a whole scene, you know, very big scene and like say in China and Japan and Asia, it's crazy, you know, so try to keep that going here. But yeah, like it's just things that I'm fan a fan of. And like I said, just having a lot of potential collaborators and and just people that are down with movement, you know, and down with music. I mean, what? How bad? How bad that can can that be if you double up the amount of people there, and and just have a vibe, you know? Right. The yeah. Party, I party. Agree. Like, at the end of the day, like I said, like it's a, it's all about the party. So like you know, you want you want all different types of people. You don't want just like all hardcore breakers. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, Cross, about how, you know, the flack that you've gotten, like, oh, you're just adding these because you want more money. And mm -hmm. if I if I um, heard correctly before, you had mentioned something about um, one of your pet peeves in the scene is the toxicity of, you know, uh, hating on someone because of, you know, whatever. So that could be something like that. And how much you believe in collaboration and creativity. And that just adds yeah. to the collective, like the creative collective and just the community. So um, in trying to, you know, you obviously 
as you know, in business, you can't make everybody happy. Like anything, you mm. just can't, you're not going to please everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. So well, it took how me a very you... long time to figure that out, but yeah, I figured really, it out. <laughs> okay. Do you, um, how do you handle that within your business of, you know, you're, you're staying current and, mm. and, uh, trying to make this event and all, you know, your businesses cater to what people want. What's that been like for you working through that? Um, well, like you said, you can't, you can't ever like please everybody. Like even in the, like the, I call it the funk side, but it's really just like all the other dances, like in that area, it's very hard to like please everybody. But you know, it's like you, you create this product, you create this, this vibe and you're either going to be down with it or you're not. So it's like, to me, like my attitude now is just like, okay, we're going to run with this. We're going to, we're going to do certain things like, you know, like, a thing that came up like a couple of years ago, like that room didn't really have too much ventilation. It was like, like really out of my, my hands. Um, but then the next year they added ventilation. We added more ventilation by opening the door, added a fan, <laughs> you know, like, like, like there's like little things that I know people are going to like complain about. And, and like, it, and as, and as, you know, of course it's within reason. Um, but like, you know, of course people are going to nitpick it, but like, it, it it takes me like a second sometimes to fix situations, you know, like it's not just going to happen overnight. So, you know, like every year we try to make things better and better, you know, like, like this year we're bringing in bleachers for the, um, for the, for the second day finals. So like, you know, the first day is going to be like normal. And then the second day you're going to just come into a different venue, you know, and you know, the bleachers is more catered for the VIPs that pay a little bit extra. So they get the seats and then everybody else kind of gets to see more. Um, but, um, yeah, just, just, just fine tuning things as we go along. It's been 26 years and, you know, it's still like, even when you feel like you have it right, you don't like, you know, it's, it's, it's a so constant true. learning process and you have to just fine tune. And like you said, like keep current and like, you know, a lot of people just, like I, I, I keep current, like, you know, we're, we're doing more, you know, online ads, um, more video, but you know, even that I feel a little bit behind on. So like for this year, we're shooting, we're shooting advertisements at the event for next year, just to try to keep, keep up, you know? And like, I haven't even really tapped into like, t uh, with TikTok, like I, I'm, I'm like so foreign to that, but like. I'm going to start tapping into that for next year, you know, and, and, and just, um, just try to get it out more to, the, I want to say the masses, but just more people, you know, like, cause I know that there's more people that just are oblivious that this is even going on. You know, I can't, I didn't know assume, it was, I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're a dancer. So like, you know, like I can't, I can't assume that. So like, you know, and a lot of people like, they get to a certain point, they may get to, a, you know, even if they get to like a thousand people, they just on top of the world thinking that everybody knows about it. But like, no, it's not like a lot of people just don't know. Like I, I can count, I, I can count so many people that are online whenever we, we, you know, upload our footage for all the battles. And they're just like, when did stuff like this happen? And it was like, <laughs> what? Like, you know, like follow these people, you know, like, but you know, and that's another thing that's really like an open, open space. There is like, where can you go to like, find all the info about events? Like there's so many events now and there's really not too many places where you can go to where you get all of it. Like really you have to like comb the internet to like find events. So it's, you know, hopefully people just 
follow the social media and, and, and get at least into our spider web, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I highly recommend experiencing it firsthand when I did, yeah. I highly recommend it. I just, I, and I love that, that you brought in house and mm. open love, open styles and, and have, it, it was a, a very different energy to have all those people there. Like I can yeah. see what you're saying about if it was just breaking, but I would have still been there too, just because I'm so fascinated with the form and, yeah. and um, just how much, not obviously the athleticism and that, but there's such a great opportunity for artistry mm-hmm. in breaking. Mm-hmm. Like it's just in dance in general, obviously, but um, yeah, I, uh, I seeing it live too, cross, like it, yeah. it's a whole new, like, of course the videos are great. You get really great footage, obviously, yeah. but seeing it live, like having it right in front of you and seeing, seeing people do things in front of you is just amazing. Like, yeah, I think, I think the general bystander, they, they don't know, they don't even know that everything's freestyle. They just assume that these dancers know what the music is going to be uh-huh. and, and that they have things, you know, set up for it, but it's not, it's like, it's not the case. Like the DJ is just going off and the, the dancers are just responding to whatever's coming up. So. You know, I mean, of course, some people, some songs are going to come on. You're like, oh, I got something for that. You know, but like a lot of times somebody, somebody might may hear a song for the first time and just go really, really, really off, you know? So, yeah, that, that yeah. element of surprise and that spot and it's such a skill. And I know it's um, like anything else. It takes time to develop the ear and just trusting your intuition. Yeah. And um, I, I was talking with a dancer and he said, and I was asking him, he's going to be at the event. And I said, mm-hmm. are you going to be competing? And he said, that's kind of actually a demon of mine. He goes, I'm a performer. I'm, I don't mm. battle. They're two different <laughs> things. Right. What would you say about that? Uh, well, battling is performing. So like, I mean, if you're a performer, you just have to learn how to like kind of diversify your skill set. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I think, I think the hardest step is the first step. Like if you're not, if you don't, mm. if you, if you just talk yourself out of battling, I mean, then, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to think feel like it's the hardest thing to do, but like, yeah, you just kind of go out there and do it. You know, even for me, like I actually, like, it was like actually a goal of mine a couple of years ago. I was like, I want to enter a popping battle and I still never did it. Cause I keep spooking myself out. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I'm so whack, you know? But I mean, one day I'm just going to probably get kind of drunk or something and just be like, Oh, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go battle. <laughs> <laughs> What a great example that would be. That would just, you know, with all uh, everything that you've accomplished and just would be another goal to out of the blue, right? Just Oh man, I'm really I'm bad, gonna... but yeah, like it would be cool. It would be cool, but I don't know. I don't know. How... It would have to be somewhere that's not videotaping. <laughs> you would get so much support cross. Oh my gosh, if you did that. You know you would. Yeah. What else is uh new to expect in this year's event? Um, well, my, my goal this year was more catered to like the VIPs just cause I want to, um, really curate that experience and make it a lot better. Like, I feel like we have, we're, we're ushering in a new generation where like a lot more outsiders are coming into the event and like, they don't, they don't really want to be in the mix of all the, you know, pushing and shoving to get a good view, you know, like they want to be able to just sit down and, and go get a drink if they want to and come back and still have their seat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which through the years, it's never been like that. But, um, you know, for, for me, I like, but also like, I still want to keep it raw. So like, it's very hard to maneuver around those two spaces, but 
like I said, we're bringing in bleachers, you know, like, in a we have an overhead VIP area where we're going to have like, you know, waiters and waitresses, like serving people food and drinks and, you know, like um, even giving out free waters up there and, you know, just, just kind of like having a space where you could go where it's like, okay, you're treated like, like, like you're the guest, you know, like, <laughs> like you're watching the guest, but you're the guest. So like, um, that, that was one of our, our things. Cause I feel like there could be more on the revenue side. Um, you know, of course everybody's, you know, like I said, everybody always like does b-boy math and they just figure like there's, you know, you make so much money, but like we, you know, even, even at a, what we're charging like 75 hours for two days, which is pretty, pretty a lot for uh, a dance event. I mean, comparatively, but like you've been to the event, it's so much more than a dance event. It's so much like more than what you would be accustomed to getting. Um, and then our VIP is even more, but it kind of pays for itself. You're getting a, a, a t-shirt, you're getting a poster, you're getting a lanyard, you're getting walked into the venue, you're getting catered to in the VIP area, you get a seat. Like, so like, you know, we're, we're just adding, but it also, it just pays for itself. But um, I just try to expand on that. Cause even if we could get like three or 400 people to do VIP, I mean, that's, that would be almost like half of our budget being able to, to get recouped uh, in doing the event. And, and in doing so, I would be able to do more cooler things for the, the general population, you know? So like just figuring things out like that is like where my, my head is at, you know? And that's why this year, like for, you know, like the VIP experience too, like the first generation B-boys and, and the first MC is going to be in, in the mix of that. So it's like, people are paying to just literally like sit right next to like history, you know, like I don't think they've ever been on the West coast. So like, it's going to be like one of the first times anybody would ever even intermingle with some of the first party hip hop party goers, you know? So wow. very surreal stuff. Like I, like I got the idea because um, I actually got, I actually got uh, inducted to the uh, B-Boy hall of fame or the breaking hall mm -hmm. of fame uh in new york and all these first generation people were there i knew that they were going to be there so i actually uh i actually brought a um a black book black book is like a, a book with all like blank pages and i brought a marker and i got everybody to sign the book so it was like me and my friends we turned we turned it into like a like an escapade of just trying to get this book signed by everybody you know so so i took that experience i mean i always felt like a kid at a candy store you know, so, so I'm, I'm bringing that experience to a freestyle session and we're actually making, we're actually printing a program, uh, which has bios for all of our guests. So not only like the, the first generation, but also all like all the, the DJs, all the, uh, the dancers, um, all the companies that, that are helping with us with the thing. And it's just going to be in a, you know, kind of a little 12 page program. It should be 12 pages, but we'll see if it's going to be more or less. But I also left areas where you could get autographs. So oh, everybody that's gonna, fantastic. So most people are going to be able to get this program. But then it's like if if people figure it out, I'm just telling it because I'm putting it out to the universe because I'm going to probably get mine signed by everybody. But yeah, like just just the next experience, a different experience, you know, and and something to occupy your time during the event, like being able to do something like that, you know, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. And again, yeah. you're you're as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking about how can I up level for these things that I'm involved in, up leveling the experience. I mean, I mean for, for for me, like 
the whole premise of me doing events is is to give people the opportunity to uh, experience what I've experienced. So if I've experienced this, I, I could have just did it. I could have just experienced it and just kept it to myself. But it was one of those things like, man, this is dope. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 48 years old. Like, I literally felt like a kid at a candy store, like meeting these folk heroes that I only heard stories about. I'd never seen them out anywhere. So just imagine I've been around for 48 years. I've never seen, you know, Coke Rock at an event. I've never seen Trixie, Sasa. These are all just like folk heroes that I've just heard about. And to see him in person, I was like, yo, I have to get an autograph. I have to get a picture, like, you know, and, and yeah, I want, I, I literally was like, yo, I got to do this at freestyle session at all costs, oh, I think, you know? So <laughs> I think people will really, really appreciate that. And they'll, they'll like, you said, they'll feel like you, they'll feel like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. So I, I think, I think for the select, select few people that really know those stories, it's going to be surreal for everybody else. It just may just go over their head, which is fine, you know, but like we have the newer generation stars for that, you know? So like there's, there's something for everybody, you know? And then even like the musical aspect, like we have souls of mischief coming and like, they're like hieroglyphics crew is just, is just pretty major in the hip hop scene. So like, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of iconic stuff this year. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, mm. it's, it's amazing what you're, you're putting together. And, mm. um, uh, I think also what I find very um, heartwarming too is your mission behind getting to a point where you can sponsor all the crews that are coming to compete, like covering, you mm -hmm. know, the expenses and that kind of thing and, and working toward that and making sure that everybody's taken care of, which says a lot about you. Like it's mm -hmm. not, you know, just about obviously as an entrepreneur, you want to bring in revenue and profits, but there's a deeper purpose behind that. And that's why I see yeah. why it's so, you know, this longevity and legacy that continues is so great. Yeah. I mean, that's our goal one day is just to be able to do everything for free and be able to do everything that we're doing. I mean, you know, like I said, we're, we're not a hundred percent there yet. Like even like for the cruise, like we're flying the cruise in, we're, you know, we're taking care of them at hotels and stuff like that. We're taking, we're taking them to and from the venue, you know, giving them some food, but like, you know, I want to be able to do more, you know, like, these dancers like you know when when dancers like get angry and they start like complaining like oh we we deserve this and this and that like yeah you do but it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight you know like you know i've heard some b-boys be like you know i i should i'm like worth millions i should get a million for doing this and i'm like you should but we're not there yet <laughs> you know like it, the money's got to come from somewhere you know so and and if there's nobody that that feels like it's worth it to them, then it's not going to be worth it to anybody, you know. So we have to we have to get to that stage, you know. But I think I think uh, as a whole, I think the scene has made strides like crazy. Like I mean, it's going to be breaking is going to be in the Olympics next year, and I think you know it's going to be one of the biggest things that to happen at the Olympics. Unfortunately, it's not going to be at the LA Olympics. I um, heard. Yeah, I was surprised but, about but, that. But you know, it is what it is. I feel like the masses, I think it's going to take them four years to literally figure out that it's not going to be there. So like, we still have a, a, a big ride. And and now that we are in this Olympics, it's, gonna, it's, it's in like a lot of sports festivals now. So like, and it's always been a hit at most of these sports festivals, like Asian Games, Pan American Games, um, World Games, like all these all these big festivals are starting to incorporate breaking in them. And I think they're all going to stay there. It's not like they're going to be gone just because the Olympics didn't want us, you know, like, so 
it is what it is. And I think, uh, I think now if once the dust, dust settles, if even if we don't have Olympics anymore, we're still sitting way higher than we were before it was all a thing, you know? So yeah, it all, adds I think, up. I think, I, I think people, I think people just put too much emphasis on, on certain things. And it's like, I don't know. I never was really a proponent where it was like, it has to be in the Olympics. We got to do this, but it's cool that it was in there. And like, that's why I, I was never like, I was asked to even be more involved, but I was like, no, like if I'm involved with that, if I'm, if I put my all into it and it falls apart, what are we going to fall back to? So like, for me, I, I was like, no, nah, I'll just sit back and I'll make sure that, you know, pro wagon tour freestyle session is all still intact and, and sitting better later after all this. And if the Olympics comes and goes, then, Hey, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Again, that strategic mind of yours, that entrepreneurial, uh, strategy and tactic that you've employed mm. through these decades for, for that and all yeah and all your businesses so speaking of olympics um i understand that you have a background in judo and wrestling so yeah. um <laughs> do you think that that obviously helped when you were dancing i'm sure uh yeah i mean it, I, I feel like the sports side actually helped me throw events because mm. like uh before before I even did my first event, a lot of events, they never even really knew how to bracket things out. Like it was just kind of like, all right, 14 people are here. We're going to do, you know, a battle. We got seven winners. Oh, shoot. We got to do a three-way battle and then ends up, you know, a final with three-way battles. It's like, that's not how it's done. Like you have to have an even number, whether it be eight, 16, 32, you know, and getting to the, getting to that number earliest, like that even number is is key is crucial you know and and then also also uh you know uh i use seating which seating they used to do that for for judo and wrestling where you know the best people can't go at it first round like that's just bad that's just bad like it just there's not that that makes zero sense to have the best two people because especially if it's the top two you should have the top two should be uh gold or silver or at least have a pathway to that and, and and if you don't then you know you may have a whack final you know so like that was always my thing like i was like i'm gonna see at least the first top four people and then it got to the point where it was like so many good people were entering it's like you had to see to all of them and and at least you know figure out where the good battles are gonna be at or whatever like and just make it more entertaining for the crowd you know so i feel like that the sport aspect actually just, yeah, just helped me do events. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a sport, you know, we're, we're competing against each other in front of a crowd. That's a sport. So, I mean, regardless if it's a dance, it's in the sporting environment. That's, that's what it is, you know? So, I mean, I don't, I don't really use sport as, as a, as a, a label to, for our dance, but it is a sporting environment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I really liked how you I, I really liked how you explained that. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Thank you for yeah. for explaining that that uh your yeah. methodology in it, it's uh, it's things that people don't really catch like, you know, a normal yeah. person wouldn't catch that. It's like it makes total sense though. Like, but you know, if you follow sports, if you follow like basketball, baseball, football, uh when it gets to like the playoffs, the best two teams aren't playing against each other. They usually meet at the end, you know. So 
that's, that that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, with with your background in that is in mm-hmm. in uh, judo wrestling, obviously in the hip hop culture. Are there any dance forms that you were interested in before that you haven't tried? Would you try them again? I know you said you wanted to do uh, popping, but. <laughs> Popping is like my drunk sport or my, my drunk dance. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I like to, I like to just like, you know, just groove when like funk is playing. So that's why like popping was always cool. Um, you know, breaking is cool. Like uh, I learned locking early on cause mm-hmm. I went on tour like in 96 with, uh, with um, the dynamic wizards and they had lockers in it. So it was like loose caboose and, and Cosmo lock. And they taught me how to lock we did a show and I was locking. So I never really dove into more of that, but it'd be kind of cool too. I mean, like I was a popping locking is cool. Cause it's like, even though I'm like overweight and older, like I can still do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like breaking, like I'm going to just break myself if I try to break. So like, like I'm, my, my breaking days are done, you know? So, I mean, other than maybe like top rock a little, but I get so winded, like just doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything outside of that. Like, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, I also DJ. So like, I love mm-hmm. making people dance. So like, that's, that's probably more, more than my, up my alley really. <laughs> and you throw events that make people feel amazing and inspired and great. So that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. um, at this moment right now, as we're talking, if there was a dance style that would describe your mood, what would that be and why? My, my mood. <laughs> i don't know my mood a dance style mm. at the moment probably crump because like everything's going so crazy right now mm-hmm. like, you know last minute like got every got to do everything like yeah like i'm i'm like i'll be yelling and like oh man i can't believe what's going on like so yeah <laughs> i was like crump okay <laughs> great crump. I don't crump. I, I, I actually, I, I have a funny, like, you know, uh, I could, I, I mess around and do it just, just for fun, but I definitely did not know what I'm doing, but yeah, like, but yeah, I understand, I understand it a little bit, be, but crump is one of those things, like, you got to watch somebody that's really dope at it, because if you don't watch somebody that's really dope at it, you would just think it's like not that great, but if you watch somebody that's really good at it, it's fucking badass dance, you know? It's, it's an kind of an enigma to me because i've taken some crump classes years back mm. and i'm like i don't i mean i feel like <laughs> doing it but it's a different animal right it's a different it's a, it's, it's a it I, I think it's more more than a dance i think it's a, a crazy feeling like you oh know, yeah like you, gotta, you gotta bring your inside out like like so so yeah like describing my mood everything's like ah like, you know <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I had to hold it together for this interview though, but like yeah, like right now it's it's crunch time. It's like one week to freestyle session and like yeah, everything's like ah. Well, you've held it together very well and I and just in <laughs> other interviews I've seen you've been very, you know, kind and accommodating and yeah. I really appreciate your time and just <laughs> you know, just showing, you know, being an example of what's possible in the dance world, uh, what's possible taking your skill sets and having mm. that translate across different industries. And so thank you so much for, yeah, I, I also, I tell, I tell people too, man, like if you get good at dancing or, or breaking, like if you take that same drive and same passion, you could pretty much do anything like, you know, like 
you podcasting, you doing other things. Like, I mean, if, if doing, cause, cause like when people learn how to dance, it's literally like a 24 seven thing until you get attain a level that you just feel a little bit more accustomed. Like, okay, I could do this, you know? Like, it's literally like, like when I was breaking, like I probably was spending like 16 hour days in, in, in garages with my friends and just going nonstop, like trying to learn things. And we'd crash and burn and get up and crash and burn and get up and get scraped up and bust your wrist, mess up your knee, like, you know, whatever, but you still kept with it, you know, like, and like, you know, I, I can't even go to the gym that much. Like I'm like, damn, I wish I could attack the gym. Like I attack uh, breaking back in the day, but I get so busy and you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so there's, there's so many things that block you, but like, if you attack, you know, anything, the way you attack dance and getting good at dance, like forget about it. You're going to get good. You know? And I see a lot of people do it. Like I've seen like, I don't know if you know who Cloud is, but he Yes, I've had him on know, the show. He was yes. he was an awesome dancer and then he took took to like videography and, mm -hmm. and choreography and like just as awesome, if not more awesome, doing that, you know, and like I see a lot of people doing it. Like I see retired B boys, they they go on to do businesses and they, they do crazy with the business, like because they're putting just as much or more if not more time into their business as they were like for me, like I took my drive for, for breaking and just turned it into like business for breaking. So like, you know, you know, it, uh, being an entrepreneur is like, people just think like it's easy, but it's like, you trade a, you trade a 40 hour a week work, work week for a freaking nonstop. <laughs> I'm working 24 seven. There's no, there's no clocking out. Like I'm always on call. <laughs> you know, yes, like, mentally, especially, it's like yeah. you could be done with the task or with whatever, but in your mind, and there's always things percolating. I'm sure too. Nothing's ever, nothing's ever done because no. next next moment, it's like, oh shoot, I got to do that too. Like, you know. But your why <laughs> is so strong. Like your what, yeah. why you're doing it is 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 what's driving you. Like why mm -hmm. why am I, you know, I'm having this event that's been going on for decades and continuing mm -hmm. to up level my uh why why just i just love it you know and then it's it's cool that it's 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 fun it's fulfilling it's you know it's like a family reunion to do freestyle sessions so it's like man like there's so many reasons to do it like there's not many reasons not to do it you know so um hopefully the sponsors keep going so we can keep keep at it you know like luckily in my the last 10 years ever since i started like udef and, and pro breaking tour um i feel like the sponsorship has gone up every year and it's, it's gotten to a point where we're inching closer and closer to where we could probably hopefully one day do it for free, you know? So if, and it, but even on that, like a business, like in a business aspect, it's like, okay, I do want to do it for free one day. And then we just have to find a balance though. Like, you know? Yes. So, yes. yeah. So, Wow. That's awesome. I'm I'm getting excited as the as the event is coming closer. If you want mm -hmm. to check out information on Cross, it's crosnumber1.com and then if you want to go to get more information on Freestyle Session, it's freestylesession.com. I'll link them in the show notes. Cross, yeah. oh my gosh, I could keep going on with this conversation. I know you have <laughs> stories from your past and just, you know, your business acumen and all that. Like, I'm so glad mm -hmm. you're going into the coaching space more later. Because all, all right. of this is going to be, just be so helpful to the people that you coach and 
Thank you so much yeah, for your I, time. Yeah, I, feel like, I, I feel like a lot of people are like kind of hesitant because like it's like, what is that? In our in our world, at least, you know, I think I think the outside world, I think people are just with it, you know, but I think uh, in our space, it's like they're just waiting for the information to hit them across the head. But it's like it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> well, the people in the outside world, I mean, they would just get a different perspective. You being an artist and um, that uh, would just, you know, I think there's there's a, a huge market for that. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing how that translates for you amongst your continuing thriving business. Thank you so right. much. Cool, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast session. Remember, you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great.